Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your flight instructor, Lieutenant Spears. And I'm the Rio, Lieutenant Williams. It's time to engage with our review of Top Gun Maverick. Oh no, Mav, this is a bad idea. Sorry, B-Rad. It's time to buzz the tower. God damn it! Hatch twice! I want some butts! Well, that'll just about cover the flybys. In February 2016, Entertainment Cruise Productions established an elite voyage for the top 1% of nostalgia fans. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of collar popping and headbanging, and to ensure that the handful of adults who graduated were the best partiers in the world. Today, the organizers call it TEC. The passengers call it the 80s cruise. Join Stuck in the 80s on 2023 for a week-long trip back into time on board the Royal Caribbean Navigator of the Seas. Performers will include Devo, Brett Michaels, Kim Wilde, The Church, Howard Jones, Living Color, Jody Watley, The Smithereens with guest vocalist Marshall Crenshaw, Vixen, Cutting Crew, Mid-Year, Autograph, Tone Loke, and more. And first-time guests can get $200 of cap credit just by using the promo code STUCK when booking. Just go to www.the80scruise.com for more information. The very future of the free world just might depend on it. That's pretty arrogant, considering the company you're in. Yes, sir. I like that, the pilot. Hey, everyone. Happy Memorial Day weekend. As we, as we record this, by the time you hear it, it might be 4th of July. Oh, come now. We'll get it out by Labor Day. <laughs> so, um... Big news. Top Gun Maverick was in theaters. I went and saw it on opening day on Friday. Uh, I've been thinking about it ever since. It's like it's like um it's like a wonderful piece of cheesecake or something. I don't I don't mm. for some reason I'm dessert oriented right now. It's I don't more know like why. tacos to me. Like really <laughs> good tacos with some nice pico de gallo and some fresh guacamole. Mm. <laughs> you just saw it today, right? They could be fish, they could be beef. Yeah, I, we literally I just got home from the theater. So I'm yeah. still I'm still buzzing the tower over this movie <laughs> we went to coco beach for memorial day weekend and we oh spent, nice me and the wife spent the whole weekend talking about we the last thing we did before we left town was we went and saw top gun maverick oh, and we okay we talked about it all weekend so we've we've, we've really like kind of analyzed it as much as we can so i figured so let's you've get solidified some, your position here, yes is what you're saying i i have some quick background we all know the original top gun came out in 1986 Say what you like about the original movie, but it is it is it is one of the establishing pillars of eighties pop culture. It is an iconic picture, whatever you may think about it, it does occupy that place in the pantheon of eighties movies. Yes. We're gonna I say waving my hands as so though you can see me waving them. <laughs> to co- to continue the 
the architectural metaphors, it provided the foundation for uh, my relationship with the future Mrs. Spears because I met her on Top Gun night what? on the 80s cruise. Is that true? Yes. Are you making shit up over there, Spearsy? <laughs> I, I, it would be in my nature to do so, but I, I swear I'm not. That was the night we met. She was wearing a Top Gun hat, which she wore Wait. to the... Yes, I'm picturing it. I'm picturing the photo. There's a uh, an olive drab t-shirt, perhaps? Yep. She has a camo shirt. She has a Top Gun hat, and she had dog tags. And a big smile and eyes only for Stephen Q. Spears. <laughs> Hello, I was very- sailor. You in town long? <laughs> I was very much in the spirit of the night. I was wearing khakis and a plaid shirt. Because that was the year that I decided to like screw all the theme nights. I just wanted to do that what was, I wanted to do. That was Spearsy Goes Civilian Year. <laughs> Civilians are here because they are our very best source of information on enemy aircraft. 1986, Top Gun comes out. I remember seeing it in the theaters long after all the hype had like died down. Like I think I was in college at the time. I think I took a date to see it. Wow, really? Yeah, but like we were the last two people in town who had not yet seen Top Gun. So you're the one. Yes, ma'am. And I think the theater was still packed. I feel like I saw it at the end of the summer, but that was a was that a Memorial Day release in '86? I feel like it was. No, no, it was a summer. It was summer. I'm well, sure. Memorial Day is the beginning of summer, generally speaking. You guys really are cowboys. Over the years, we've we've talked about this idea that a sequel was in the works. It turns out that the idea was first announced in 2010. So this podcast was just five years old when the idea was proposed. That's shocking. And um, Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer were approached to to reprise their roles from the original as was uh, producer Jerry Bruckheimer and director Tony Scott. Fast forward a couple years to 2012, a draft is ready to go. However, as we all know from our studies, Tony Scott died about that time from suicide. Yeah. And so the film was put on hold. And by the way, as as I'm sure you've noticed, the, the film is dedicated to the memory of Tony Scott. Yeah, that was a nice gesture. Yeah. Fast forward again, we're now in... Uh, 2017 uh joseph kaczynski which which sounds like he should be a pilot you know i I feel like he's isn't he an admiral in this picture (laughs) yeah um you probably love this guy because he's best known as the director of uh, tron legacy i mean i appreciate his visual style i'm not sure that the script for tron legacy does anybody any favors but you know if you're willing to buy the premise of any of the tron movies i suppose you ought to just shut up and let it flow over (laughs) you it's kind of the attitude I try to take. But yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, why is that familiar to me? I had to look it up when I yeah, got Yeah, I had home. to look it up too. So uh, he jumps on board. A new draft of the script is written. Finally gets filmed in 2018, 2019. And then uh, we're all ready for that 2020 summer release. And then... Oh, baby, here it comes. COVID. <clears throat> so here's the deal. Tom Cruise, who still manages to swing some heavy lumber in Hollywood. Yeah. He's only done, what, 30 different versions of Mission Impossible by now? I, I don't know, but I hear from people I trust that the latest couple Mission Impossible movies are pretty good. I'm sure they're all pretty good. I mean, he, he doesn't really make too many bad movies, as far as I can think. So he's got so, he's got a bat to swing, and he swings it, and he says, this is going to be a theater-only release. Maverick, Top Gun Maverick is not going to be released on uh, 
any of the streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah. So like so no none of this Dune shenanigans for Top Gun Maverick. No sir. Well, it was filmed and it and and in fairness, it was filmed with IMAX cameras. So it was filmed to be a big screen release. Now, I'm sure Dune was too. Uh, well, sure, but I, I, you know, and you can we can have a long discussion about television technology in 1986 versus television technology now, right? And how much better the picture is going to look, and how much bigger people's screens are. But I, I get it. You know, it's well, a it's a more immersive experience if you see it in the theater because it it fills your field of vision. Here, here's my thinking too about Dune versus Top Gun. I mean, Top Gun. <laughs> Uh, Here's the podcast we never meant to make. <laughs> Top Gun has a little. It's like it's like the New York Yankees versus the Oakland Athletics, as far as like the clout they have. You know, at this point with the Dune remake, you want anybody? Oh, you're you're a hundred percent correct. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have the uh, the track. And I'm not I'm not saying that it was a bad idea to release it only in theaters. No, I'm I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. I don't, what was it like in the theater when you saw it? When I was there. Like ninety percent men, all over the age of forty. That's funny. Um, well, we went to a morning show, like a late morning show today, so it was much fuller than I thought it would be for the first screening of the day. But it was like family groups, uh, and I actually I didn't like get up. We <laughs> we walked in like just as the lights are dimming. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing we have reserved seats so we can find them. We sit down, and then there's like, you know, the obligatory literal 30 minutes of trailers and commercials. I'm like, are you going to start this movie? Yeah. It just makes me crazy. But anyway, I didn't really get a chance to look around. But as we were sitting there, I was hearing women's voices in the theater, Steve. Women <laughs> came to see this movie. Apparently of their own free will. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. But it was pretty, again, for an early show, I would say it was 60% full in the auditorium. It was Ours was sold out. Yeah. I'm sure the the shows later today will be sold out. I mean, I don't know about you, just to jump ahead. Every human being I know that I text with regularly this weekend texted me and said, hey, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? It's amazing. Yeah. Like people from across the spectrum, people no. that would never listen to this podcast if their life depended on it, <laughs> to the diehards. Same thing. Mrs. Spearsy likened it to, uh, it's like it was the male equivalent of going to see the Sex in the City movie. Okay, yeah, I Having never seen a single episode of that, I'll just nod and smile on. I've seen a lot simile, of it, but it makes sense. It makes sense. But there's from the moment the credit starts and you hear the the familiar music, the theme. Yeah, they, dun, they dun, very dun, dun, very wisely use the same theme yeah. to tie it back to the original and the same prologue. Yeah, I now, will say in the opening shot, and this is, I don't think there's any spoilers in this. And the, there's an opening shot where they launch a plane from the carrier. <laughs> and there's a backward shot off of the plane as the carrier recedes as it takes off, just chills down my spine. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I know I said this on the podcast years ago when the trailer first dropped in probably 2019 or something at this point. And up until that point, I'm like, I can't believe they're making a sequel to this. This is so stupid. This is the dumbest idea ever. And then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, take my money. I'm in. <laughs> no, it was great. It, and we promised as best as we will try. I'm sorry. The, the vodka is already doing its evil work to me tonight. The uh, with Fresca for a change. Uh, we're not going to give you any spoilers. We're going to try real hard not to do that. Not not that there's really a ton to be had. To be honest. Hey guys, there are jet planes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, they're still he's still in the navy. Somebody gets called in front of their commanding officer and chewed out. Mm, who could it be? I 
I want to talk about. I want to talk about the. I want. I want to talk in a, in a whisper about the best parts of the movie. Okay. And and I think we've already touched on the first thing that the the opening credits are uh, spine chilling. It is a throwback to the original beginning, except for it's updated to be a carrier today in the planes of today. But the the music is the same. It's still Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. You got a, all the guys on the carrier deck doing their, you know. But they show a lot more. I feel like now I want to go back and watch the opening sequence to the original Top Gun because I feel like they show the plane hooking into the catapult and they show some stuff that I don't remember seeing in the first one. I remember seeing the guys doing the, you know, okay, go, clear for the <laughs> The shooters. Thumbs up. And, the shooters. Yeah. yeah, and that's like, that's a crazy job. Yeah. Uh, and no. I, I know it's like a super dangerous job too, but there's, I feel like there was more of that in this yes. opening sequence. There was a... A use of flashbacks in the movie, they would flash back to scenes from the original movie, but I think they were done the appropriate number and in the appropriate tone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean... It didn't hit you over the head. They know that we know that they know why we're there. (laughs) Right? Like, we're not there because, hey, this Tom Cruise guy, he's an up-and-comer. Let me see what his new picture is. No, we're here because the name of the movie has Top Gun in the title. Like, yeah. that's what got us in the door. So, the, you know, they don't. the faithful are there. Yeah. Just like in the first movie, the politics are vague. We don't really know who the villain is. We don't know who the villainous country is. I, I guess in the first movie, it's more, it's a little bit more obvious that it's probably, Ru- it's Russia, but they don't. It's, yeah. I mean, they're MIG, so they're Eastern Bloc of some kind. <laughs> yeah. That's all we really know. And then and then and the other best part, I, it's only two words. And those words are Val Kilmer. Mm, that scene. Did you cry? Oof. No. <laughs> but that's because I'm strong like ox. Karate man cry on the inside. I think everybody is curious. Everybody knows if you've been following this at all, you know that Val Kilmer is involved in the movie in some way and they've all been very tight lipped about it. And the way that his character is introduced and presented. It's, oh, wow. It's just really, it's really nicely done. Yeah, the, I mean, the overall plot is kind of given away in the trailers. And the, the idea is that, and, and we'll do this as vaguely as possible, Maverick is still in the Navy. He's a test pilot at this point. He's only a captain, which still seems like a pretty good gig. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it works that way. And I'm sure people who've been in the military will will correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought at some point you get to a certain age and if you're not getting promoted, then you're out to go. Right. But it turns out that he's being recalled to Top Gun to teach pilots um, some special skills that only Maverick would know for a special mission. And the person who is calling the shots is Rear Admiral Tom Kazansky, a.k.a. Iceman. And so that that much we know from the trailer. But we, what you don't know from the trailer is do you get to see anything more than a photograph of Rear Admiral Iceman? And can, I guess, can we say what we see? I, I think we can, yeah. We he s- shows up. He shows up in person. And it's a it's an amazing scene. It's and a very, yeah, it's a very well put together. And- thoughtful. Yeah, and honestly, I would say that almost about the whole movie. I mean, if you watch the original film, it's just like, you know, swinging dicks, right? <laughs> just airplane version of swinging dicks. And there's a, not that it's like, you know, Sophie's Choice out there or the whole movie, but there's a little more thoughtfulness. Like, 
Maverick is an older man and he has some things he's thinking about more. And and it's, I felt like that rang true to me, but that scene is a really good scene. You brought this up and so I I had it penciled in for later, but I think it's important to, to talk about it now. CNN, when I was reading one of their reviews today, pointed out, they said there's a beautiful balance between melancholy and mortality in this movie. I think that's the perfect way to describe it. I think that's why I like it so much at my particular age. Is that yeah. idea. Like, There's a note in there that will resonate with those of us who have, you know, been through our own wars, whatever those may be. Right. Melancholy and mortality. It's um Yeah, this is a movie for me. Yeah. It was. I mean, I it has it has a sense of humor. You know, I I originally thought that the the sequel had more of a sense of humor than the original one, but they both have their own individual senses of humor, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. What was your opinion? Were there any parts that disappointed you? Or any aspects of it? I don't want to, I don't want to, without getting specific for those who haven't seen it. No, I mean, I feel like, look, is it Citizen Kane? No, it is not Citizen Kane. But is it a summer blockbuster? Yes. Like, A, not only does the, the dollars that it's taken in this week and show that to be true. But yeah, it is absolutely a summer blockbuster. I think it's probably a better movie than Top Gun. Some reviewers have said that in those exact words. You know, and, and I, I understand like this movie doesn't exist without Top Gun, but that's okay. I still think this is a better, it's a, it's a much more nuanced than the original Top Gun. Yes. yes. Uh, and I, Katie and I both really enjoyed it. Yeah. I would say three things that bother me. <laughs> okay, here we go. One is, okay, the plot, that we've, we talked about the plot. He's, he's being recalled to teach the pilots about a special mission. The special mission is exactly the same special mission from Iron Eagle Part 4. <laughs> okay, exactly. well, you know, there exactly. are no new ideas to be had. There's nothing new under the sun. Is that Shakespeare? I feel like it is. We need you to come back and I mean, it is exactly the plot of Iron Eagle Part 4. Which, well, thank you for saving me the trouble of watching Iron Eagle 4. Yes, you've, you've seen a better version of it. Two, there's an Applebee's promotion <laughs> that um, if you spend $25 at Applebee's, you get a free ticket to Maverick. And that... Okay. That saddens me. Yeah. Well, you know. I, I feel like... Gig. I feel like Goose died for nothing. Oh. <laughs> He certainly didn't die for those, you know, bottomless mimosas or whatever. Or uh, the boneless. Uh, I mean, what was the last time you've been to Applebee's? Do you have one in your neighborhood? Uh, you know what? The Applebee's here in the beautiful Santa Clarita Valley closed some time ago. Yeah. Which is hard to believe because this this place is like chain restaurant. Mecca. <laughs> like if they exi- if there are more than three of a restaurant, we have one here. In Texas. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. We don't have one near us. My mom loves Applebee's. And whenever I go home for more than a day. She's like, you know, we could go to Applebee's for dinner tonight. And I'm just like, oh, it's really, you know. Yeah, I, I'm running a little low on pieces of my soul to give away <laughs> for dinner, so maybe we could do it another time. It's weird. Like, I, w- I would much rather go, like, take me to a TGI Fridays or a Chili's, but please don't make me go to Applebee's. Third part, by the way, in case you're wondering, I was going to eventually get around to it. Yeah. So there's the soundtrack, and the soundtrack, for the most part, brings back some of the tunes you know. But instead of Take My Breath Away by Berlin, we get a song from Lady Gaga called Hold My Hand. And it just doesn't work for me. Sometimes, tonight, 
Okay, well, let me offer a counterpoint. I don't think you can use Take My Breath Away in this movie for the same reason that when I made mixtapes in the olden days for girls, if I'd used a song on a mixtape before, I couldn't use it for another girl. You can't play that song for Kelly McGillis and for Jennifer Connelly. I'm sorry. It's no, just no, not no. Cool. Okay, I, I buy cool. that. I buy that. But like, she couldn't have written a better song? Is it an amazing song? I don't really care. I was really kind of just focused on Jennifer Connelly. She looked was pretty her music good. playing? I have no idea. Jennifer <laughs> Connelly looks amazing. Yeah, she looks pretty incredible. So Jennifer Connelly is the love interest of Maverick in this movie. There's not a whole lot of backstory that's provided. We just kind of get the idea that you, if you want to fill in the blanks on Maverick's history since the original movie 36 years ago, it's largely that he's kind of gone from command to command and well I mean, he, he returns to to top gun we know that at the end of the first movie he only stays there for two months we, we learned i don't think that's a spoiler i mean it's like he's not he's, i mean it's yeah it's a data point it doesn't give you anything about right. the plot so somewhere along the way jennifer he's Collin, still a maverick he's still yeah. living up to his name still looks he still looks good without a shirt better than i do <sighs> jesus bastard i hate that guy <laughs> so anyway the reception uh, it broke the Memorial Day record at the box office. I think 154 million. I'm now I'm now reading. Well, they got my 13 dollars times two. Oh, we saw it in an IMAX theater, so we oh. paid like 22 times two, plus the obligatory 10 dollar beverages and 42 dollars for a tub of popcorn. <laughs> I looked at the review on Rotten Tomatoes as we tend to do on this podcast. 96 percent fresh rating. And before you ask, the original movie, fifty-seven percent, yeah, rating. So you know, again, this is uh, someone texted me that we saw Maverick. It's really good. I think you really like it. And then about twenty minutes later, they texted me again and said, "That's probably not really a hot take." Have you seen the numbers on Rotten Tomato? Because it's like ninety-five percent critic approval and ninety-five percent audience approval. Like, just go see it. You know. Yeah. I want to say that. When it's all said and done, the reasons why we still love it, to me, like, the melancholy and mortality, that, melancholy and mortality should be the title of my autobiography. It's my memoir. We'll put it on the list. I want to say that this movie is going to save movie theaters. Because I, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people have given up on going out to see movies until this became a, well, the only way you're going to see it. Yeah, and it's the movie of the summer. I mean, it's the leader in the clubhouse, and I don't think anyone's going to knock it off its perch. I appreciate the golf metaphor. Um, I'm here for you. It's the ultimate anti-superhero movie, and I don't know about you, but I think there are about ten times more of those than anybody really needs. Well, and and the problem with the superhero movies in my book is, do you remember when comic books were where superheroes lived and superhero movies were comic book movies, and now they're all about... I am dark and brooding, and I have brooding dark problems. Oh, also, this cool rubbery suit and a cape. Like, you know, no, that's not what I'm here for. I want, you know, I want my superheroes to be super. Yeah. I don't need them to share my mortal foibles. That's not what I'm here for. I, I got know. enough of those on my own. I see them in the mirror every damn morning when I shave. I think the ultimate reason, I don't know about you, but one of the reasons I still love it, it's it. 
It's a great sequel. It's uh, reverent to the original, which is, I think, all we can ask for these days. Yeah, it takes these characters that we know and maybe we love, maybe we hate, some of both, and it brings all of them forward to this new group of people. Okay, I see all the tropes in this new group of pilots. I don't think that's a spoiler. There's a new group of pilots, <laughs> uh, you know. And it's fun to see how that all plays out. And the assumptions that I brought into it about what was going to happen to those characters, it didn't always bear out. You know, which I appreciated. I mean, to some to some degree, you're going to follow some well worn grooves of movie storytelling, right? You just yes. you just are. But it was, even though you know we didn't end up in a place where I was terribly surprised, I didn't feel like it was completely by the numbers, and I appreciate that. At the end of the day, I, I went home happy, and the next day I woke up and I was still talking about it, and a day later I wanted to see it again. So, oh. you know what else I like to see again right about now? The Seggies. Prepare to qualify. Hey, it's time for Stuck in the Arcade. I, I love the moment every week where I have to figure out what Seggy we're up to when I'm doing the show notes. Because I, I could have sworn we were going to have more beefy Seggies this week. but Yeah, I know. You're like, we do a show with full Seggies. I'm like, oh, I think <laughs> Stuck in the Arcade is next. So it's like two names and we're done. Hope we got yeah. a good letter. Do we have any letters? No one writes us anymore. No, no dead. one writes us. I know, Prince is dead. Okay, well then, I'll fill in the I'll fill in the uh, the gap with my speed review of another sequel that I just recently saw. Okay. Do you want me to do that? Let's do that after Stuck in the Arcade. Well, see how I just teased that. Oh, stick around. New <laughs> okay. content coming soon. Steve st- staring strangely <laughs> into his his laptop camera, not knowing what to do. What the uh, fuck is Prince talking about? This is not the plan. Prince off his meds again. <laughs> Hey, this is a where we play a snippet of a of a theme song, video game, video, video game? game, just video game footage. What do you want to call it? Yeah, uh, from the eighties, preferably. And uh, if you get right, you're entered into the drawing for some swag, and usually in the form of postal friendly bottle opener. Which I don't care how many drinks I've had. I'm telling you, if saying postal friendly bottle opener was the DUI test, I would. <laughs> You would never go to jail. Well, I mean, I don't drive. I, I never touch my car keys if I've been drinking. So, Fair. Uh, rules to live by. Anyway, that's yeah, no kidding. On that somber and sober note, uh, from show six thirty four, here was the mystery arcade song. Song, sure. That's Cubert, which would have been a complete surprise had I not used it exactly at this time last year, or actually, you used it probably. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. It's a long time ago. <laughs> the real question is, did anybody who got it right spell it properly with the Q asterisk, Bert? Both people got it right and spelled it right. Um, okay. and I'll, I'll save you the trouble. Brian in Redneck Rapids and Joseph Purdue. Okay. So. Nice. <laughs> you should ask, Show you should over. What the, name of, <laughs> what are the names of the villains in Qbert? I wouldn't know this if I wasn't on the Wikipedia page right now. God, there's names? Yeah. The snake is called Coily. Well, they really went deep. It's all that. coiled up. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> really digging deep. Uh, yeah, so congratulations, you two, and the rest of us will just be at the arcade dropping quarters in Pac-Man, like yeah. all the other normies. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and guess, just uh, from a wild hair in my butt, that Brian and Redneck Rapids going to win the. Uh, if you, Brian, have you haven't getting swag from sorry last night because um, yeah, I know you know what I I spun the wheel earlier and that's where it landed. Yeah, yeah there we go. We, um, Joseph Purdue keeps coming up roses every time he enters, so he's he's already a wash in swag, as I understand right. it. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, it's time to uh, play the game again this week. Pay attention. Here's this week's uh, mystery arcade moment. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits.com. Oh, it feels so good. The Fresca is an excellent mixer, by the way. It's a grapefruit mm. soda. But uh, mm. is it really grapefruit? Yeah, grapefruit soda. Huh. And tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. Here comes summer savings at the J.C. Penney Memorial Day Sale. Starring mileage maker XP steel belted radials, 28 to $60 off a set of four with all season tread. 10 speed superstar bikes for men and women at $15 off, plus sleeping bag, cooler, and nylon tent. Get ready for summer savings at our great Memorial Day sale. This is J.C. time for reader mailbag but uh i'm the only one that wrote in eh, let's just call this like you know flash move review so this weekend I, I don't know what came over me i had this this premonition this inkling that i should watch ghostbusters afterlife Ooh, which i can't even remember when that was out i have to look it up but last it's year been out, it, it's out long enough ago now that it was showing up on the plane as a choice and it's been on HBO or one of the pay channels like nonstop lately. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to record that and I'll watch it this weekend while Katie's away. So I pulled it up on, I guess, what is today? Sunday. So I watched it on Friday night or Saturday night. It doesn't matter. I, I watched it this weekend. I'll cut that all out. So I watched it this weekend. And I have to tell you, I was there for it. It was really entertaining. And it... It is also melancholy and nostalgic in a lot of ways. Like if, if you have any connection to Harold Ramis as an actor or Egon Spengler as a character, uh, and all the science nerds do, let's face it, it was a surprisingly touching movie. Let me just put it that way. And maybe in the bare light of day without the delightful old fashions I was enjoying it, maybe I would <laughs> feel more manipulated by it. But I believe at the time I texted one of my friends, I said, this movie is so manipulative and I do not give a 14th of a shit about that. I am just enjoying soaking in it. It's a lot better than it has any right to be. It has a lot of nice little callbacks to the original movie. There's a moment where someone wants to make a telephone call and the person talking to them says, who are you going to call? <laughs> I'm like, seriously, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just so stupid. If I had paid $15 to see this movie, I don't know that I would have I would be quite so generous, but if you get the chance, give it a look and let me know what you think cuz I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. No, I I saw it as a plane choice too when I was flying recently and I was just like, I'm glad I, don't I didn't know. watch on a plane cuz I would have been a blubbering mess at 39,000 feet and that would that, have been good. That's why I didn't do it. I didn't want uh, the the air marshal to <laughs> duct tape me to my seat. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it, it has some very funny moments. And honestly, it might be the best movie ever made that's set in Oklahoma. <laughs> Better than Twister? Or, it um... might be the best movie ever made that's set in Oklahoma. <laughs> it might great. be. I think Mike gives me some wiggle. Twister's pretty good. Although Twister gave me PTSD problems when the sirens went off in the 
when the tornado sirens go off in that movie, it was all I could do to not dash out of the movie theater. The only thing Honestly. I like about Twister is the scene where they show up at um, her aunt's house and they eat all the steak and mashed potatoes with gravy. That's the only scene I, I really want to watch over and over again. Am, am, I, am I wrong? Huh. No. I, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time. Doesn't Carrie Elwes die in that? This is like... Yes, he does. Sucked up I don't know why heavens. I'm so enthusiastic about that. Yes, he like, does. Yes. <laughs> he bites it. <laughs> he deserved it, though. He's the bad meteorologist. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the anyway. weird thing. I was watching Perfect Storm this weekend, and uh, Shooter McGavin is in <laughs> Perfect Storm, and he's the good <laughs> meteorologist. So. I'm like, wait a minute. I watched Happy Gilmore, too, so I actually, I've seen both versions of him. So I, I'm just saying it's been a weird weekend. And uh, Well, yeah. So it was all sequels for me, Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife, but more importantly, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Go see it. Email us. Let us know if we're wrong. I, you know, it's, it's possible. Even better. Email us if you think we're right. We love that. Yeah. And tell us a story, for God's sake. Yeah, jeez. Don't make us make them up anymore. Do you think Steve wants to sit here and listen <laughs> to me talk about him at the working at the drive-in? Not anymore than I want to hear him talk about getting tipped 35 cents of Publix. <laughs> it's worth a soda. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, that's all we got for this week. Go see it. Enjoy yourself at the theater. Skip the uh, $15 popcorn. But think of us, because we're always here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuckinthe80spodcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. I heard from the